Hey, everyone, it's Brittany, and we're in episode 74 with Anne Bello. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Anne Bello is a biz and sales coach for the ambitious female side hustler. She works with women who currently struggle to book clients for their signature service who are ready to break the patterns that are keeping them broke in life and business so they can create their own business success on their own terms. She's got her own story in this exact arena after starting her third year of teaching public high school. She knew she was ready to start living her life instead of dreaming of what it could be. And in January 2017, she started her business without a website, without a social media following, and had a full paying client within five days. After finding out she was pregnant, her own broke patterns were put on full display, imposter syndrome, fear of success, and crippling anxiety that manifested into high blood pressure and an induced delivery, which wasn't the plan. Looking at her newborn son, Anne realized that she needed to get her act together if she truly wanted a different life for her growing family. Cue a year-long dive into mindset. Anne came out the other side a totally transformed woman. With clarity, boundaries, and trust, she guides other women toward their own transformation so they can live an extraordinary life. Anne and I talk about all manner of things, not too much about sales as it turns out, but really more about genuine connections and where they can lead you. We talk a little bit about our own story, so let's get right into that. All right, Anne, I am so excited to have you on the No Like and Trust Show. Awesome. Thanks for having me here, Brittany. So one of the reasons I originally wanted you to come on the show is because I liked how you were showing up on Instagram. I don't remember how we originally connected, but the first point I do remember is you doing your coffee chats. And I remember thinking, what a great idea. I can't wait to see what happens with this. And we scheduled one out a few weeks later and just sat on Zoom having coffee or, well, in my case, tea because I'm <laughs> the tea snob. But, you know, we got to know each other and it was such a delightful way to make an Instagram friend who I feel like is not just some faceless person, which is the entire point of personal branding, of course. So where'd you get the idea? What cool things have happened from that one little thing? And we'll move on from there. Yeah. So the idea with the coffee chats, I know I started them fairly early in my business, but I actually ended up getting kind of burnt by them. And I mean, I can go into this a little bit, but primarily what happened was where one of my coaches this year, she just realized very quickly where it's like, hey, you're actually not selling and like not putting yourself out there. And it ended up being where it was like a sister wound where I felt as though other women just won't be there to support me kind of thing. And so she said, Hey, like I do this thing called coffee chats. I would recommend that you try it out. Just see how it goes. See if almost being the person where it's like, okay, I want someone to support me at a sister level. Being the person to initiate that first is where you can get the ball rolling and honestly, that's where <laughs> it's like, it's so crazy, but that's always the thing that people are like, yes, I would love to have a coffee chat with you. And we just talk. 
from a strategy standpoint, it is where I can totally get strategic with it and make it pretty much a like ninja market research call based on the questions that I ask. But just on another level, it's where it makes the world feel less huge, less like I'm alone on this little island shouting with a megaphone, hoping that somebody hears me. And it makes it where I just feel more connected to the women around me, which means that I'm able to continue to be of use to these women, even if it's just recognizing like, hey, I can support you. I know you as a person now. And I don't know, just like have that engagement with a person. That's what really started and what keeps me going with the coffee chats. I love that. And for me, you know, I saw it out there and I was like, oh, this girl looks cool. It looks like she knows what she's talking about. But and this is one of the things I've noticed because I took a step back from Instagram for a couple of years and then came back to it. Everything changed from, you know, two years ago or three years ago till, you know, this past year. All of the way people interact is different. I mean, Instagram stories weren't even around last time I was heavily on Instagram. I know. I'm trying to think because I know like even when I started my business or like officially started my business this time around, that was when IGTV was like just starting. And there's actually a blog post that I wrote where I was like, uh, IGTV. Yeah, right. Like (laughs) stick with YouTube. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love IGTV. No, absolutely. And it's really funny. I remember when stories came out and everyone was like, oh, Instagram's trying to take over Snapchat. Yes. Everyone was either pro or, you know, against. And it was like this whole thing. But I wasn't using Instagram heavily for business. I mean, I was maintaining a basic presence, but I was not heavily engaged in it. So I was kind of ignoring it. And then when I came back to it this past spring, early summer, I was like, okay, obviously I need to be doing this. And then everyone else had like great Instagram story strategy. And it was this whole new thing I had to figure out for myself. And it put me in an interesting place, a place I don't normally find myself in. So I don't normally find myself intimidated by other people because I am of the belief that no matter who you are, you can learn something from me and I can learn something from you and usually a whole lot on both sides. Yes. Yeah. But all these people seemed to know how to have their presence on Instagram. And I was feeling very less than and seeing other people break it down to the one on one level, like you did in the coffee chat, was one of the things that allowed me to gain my comfort back. And then once I was comfortable, gain my expertise back. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's what I really loved was where it made it where like so many people at the time were talking about courses. Oh my gosh, like courses were a big thing. And like, yes, like I still love courses, but it was such a daunting thing because I mean, you know, when you break it down to the numbers, it's like launching a course does become a numbers game, expecting a certain amount of return. Like it is a numbers game. And that was so daunting to me. And so I was just like, you know what? can we find something that's easier for me? Because at the time I was so not confident hearing you say like this girl seemed to have it together. I was like, oh my gosh, like if you only knew. And it's just so funny where it's like we can put so much on Instagram and still we don't know the hearts of people. 
that's what I love about the coffee chats too, is where it just starts that connection. Now where like there's women that they're not customers, they're not clients, but I know multiple aspects of their life that I don't think I know with like in real life friends, honestly. And it's just something about where they finally felt as though there's a connection here and we just became friends. And I think that's what people, especially with branding, that's what people are looking for is where they just want to know, they want to know that you're listening. And that's a huge piece with the coffee chats is that it's where there's somebody here in a totally non-pitch, totally just like chill. Who knows what's in my coffee cup? Could be coffee because I'm a coffee snob. Could be wine. Could be, I don't know, tequila. Depends on the time of day. But you will be heard kind of thing. You will be listened to. And I think that's what people really are looking for. Like in 2020, they're really looking for who is listening to me. So when you said it could be tequila. (laughs) Okay, I'll be honest, it hasn't happened yet. But there have been some days where I've thought about it. (laughs) Oh, I think we all have. Although I don't do tequila anymore for very, very good reasons. (laughs) But there's two things that came to mind. So one of them is I'm in a membership right now. And the leader is drinking water and For those listeners out there who didn't catch the inflection, I was doing air quotes when she when I said water, (laughs) because she's drinking water out of an absolute vodka bottle. And she's like, I swear, this is water. I swear. And I I, every time I nod my head and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And mind you, that was at 8am. So that's one thing that came to mind. But the second thing that came to mind, I think I told you this when we finished our coffee chat that I love the idea and I might have to copy you only I'm going to do it with cocktails. And I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet for two reasons. One, I know not everybody drinks and I hate being exclusive in a negative way like that. So I want to come up with a name for it, but it's going to be like four o'clock in the afternoon Pacific Standard Time. So it's totally appropriate to be drinking a cocktail. Yes, it is absolutely appropriate. Maybe it's just like in a fancy cup, whatever you have, it's a fancy cup. And yeah, I don't know, something like that. (laughs) We can come up with a branding for it. Yeah, totally. But that was a nice little side tangent there. If you're going to drink water on video, don't do it out of a vodka bottle. If you expect people to believe it's really, truly water. (laughs) Yeah, I would question that. (laughs) And then the other thing I love that you're doing is you have Titan and Tone. Yeah, Titan and Tone, your sales audit. And this is a little gift that you do every so often. I've obviously taken part in this, but I love that you gave it a fun name that reminds me of being at the gym in the best way possible. Yes, that's exactly how I wanted it to feel. Yeah. So from a branding perspective, where did that come from and how does it fit in line with the rest of your product suite? Mm, Yeah. The whole start of this was essentially where I started to realize that I had a great formula, um, which is the five pillars of a booked out biz. It's mindset, message, offer, sales, and content. I use that to focus my coaching with private clients, but it was also where I wanted something that I could give back and it be like bite-sized snippet to show my expertise. I mean, if we can say it, like show my authority as I brush my hair off my shoulders. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I knew that most of the women that I was talking to who I would consider ideal clients, they struggled with sales and like booking clients specifically for their signature service. So the more that I got to talk to some of my biz besties and just in general, seeing women, what they would post, it was where I would just see it and be like, oh my gosh, you are doing so much. Like you do not need to do X, Y, Z plus like the other 23 letters of the alphabet. So what I did at first, I was like, okay, so I know they need help with sales. I know that they need a smaller process that just like totally makes sense. That makes it where they can just sign high ticket signature service clients that much faster. But the only thing that was coming to mind was where I was like, it's like the brand Spanx where you just, you put them on and you have everything that you need. We're just kind of tightening it up smoothing stuff out, making it fair. A little shift here, a little shift there, right? Yeah, just kind of like you have everything you need. You just need to tighten it up a little bit to make it where it's like just a wow factor. And I kept talking to people and I was like, I really think I'm going to call these things Spanx Your Sales. You have no idea how bad I wanted to call it Spanx Your Sales. And a few friends, they said, okay, and like, I really think that eventually if this is going to become a thing and like possibly become part of your brand, you know, uh, trademark, copyright issues, like uh, you may want to avoid that. And so I started thinking, okay, what are the ways that I can like dance around that without officially saying we're going to spank your sales? So that's where I was like, okay, well, spanks, they tighten up everything. They tone everything. And it's like, Hopefully it doesn't take you 20 minutes to put on your Spanx, but it's very quickly compared to going to the gym and like working out for grueling hours at a time, you're able to just snap them on, done. And there you go. You can go on living your life and looking fabulous while doing it. So that's where tighten and tone your sales. That's where like the messaging came from. It is where I was seeing these women that they were spending day in, day out, just doing all that they could, all that they knew to sign high ticket signature service clients. But it usually involved a lot of hustle, a lot of burnout, so many pieces of content to like keep track of. And eventually it would be like a bunch of mindset stuff that kept them not signing clients. And so in these quick 20 minute video conversations, they told me, Hey, this is what's going on with my sales. And I gave them two to three profitable and practical suggestions to be able to tighten and tone their sales so that they can book high signature service clients in the next month. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, like the coffee chat, it's great market research for you, for future products, for future messaging, story arcs, all of that. Oh, yeah. This is where the the biggest lesson that I got from my dad that was super unexpected. When I graduated high school, my dad gave me this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yes, it does sound like a dictator's handbook. You've read it before? 
I've read it more than once and I'm actually reading it again right now. So good timing. (laughs) Me too. Oh my gosh. Like, yes, pretty much as soon as I started my own business, this has become a book that I've read every year so far. I'm planning on it being an every year book. But the biggest lesson for me that I learned from it is you need to actually shut up more. And like, you need to make conversations about the other person. And that's how you will actually, it's like called strengthening the weak tie. This isn't what Dale Carnegie talks about, but it's strengthening the weak tie so that you actually subconsciously, this person thinks, oh my gosh, like I loved talking to Anne. I loved talking to Brittany, but they talked the whole time. And it's just where people just want to know that they are being listened to, that someone is there who does care about their lives, even if they think it's super boring. If somebody shows interest, then they will just talk, 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 talk. And that's where the title of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's absolutely true. And that's where with the coffee chats, like I remind myself frequently don't talk about yourself unless they ask and then just answer the question and bounce it back to them and make it where it's all about them. And then no matter what, even if you are using it as like market research, you will always leave them with a good impression of you. They will remember your name. Absolutely. I don't remember if this is an example that Dale gives in the book because I'm only on, I think, chapter six on this redo, and it's been at least a year since I've read it. But one of the examples I've always loved, probably because of my photography background, is this is how you know that people are self-centered. And it's not a judgment. It's just an acknowledgement. (laughs) Yes. But if you look at a group photo, you know, you're at a networking event, someone's like, let's do a group pick. Phone gets passed around. Where is the first place your eyes rest? It's always on you. You always search for yourself, make sure you look decent. And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great pick. You just made a judgment that it's a great photo without having looked at anybody else in the photo. Yep. (laughs) But we all do it. We totally do. And like, it's funny because my sister, she would always say this growing up, I hope she doesn't hate me for saying this, but she always had this friend that she would post these photos that are like beautiful of her. And then my sister would be making this like awkward face and it was every single time. And she would text her and be like, look, you did it again. She's like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even see that. Like, oh my gosh, it's just, oh my gosh. But it's so true. Like people like at trying to make this objective, not like a moral judgment on people, But people really are selfish. They are self-centered. They want to talk about themselves. And if you use that to your advantage, then you honestly can get ahead in business. And (laughs) it's crazy. Like, honestly, I highly recommend this book to anybody who is starting a business, anybody who wants to begin to like network to grow their business. I always say, look, you need to buy this book and start implementing it because it will blow your mind how you do less and people just love you more. Totally. And from a branding perspective, that is what personal branding is. Yes, it's putting you front and center, but the good ones know that what you're really doing is putting the client front and center in a fancy wrapping of yourself. 
I mean, never has it been more apparent than when you finally are seeing advice from from copywriters and you know psychology experts saying, yeah, your about page shouldn't actually be about you. It should be about your your client and making them the hero of the story. And you know, story branding really championed this particular thing. But people are finally catching on. Love that book. Yes, and it's. I mean, oh gosh, like it's so true. Where once you realize like your usefulness in someone else's story is what they care about ultimately, then like even with friendships, it's the same way where it's like, honestly, if I feel as though this person will help me become a better person, then absolutely I want to be friends with you. I want to spend Friday nights with you over, you know, my husband I want to go on play dates with you, you know, with my son. I I want to watch The Bachelor with you. It's all the same thing where if you know this is going to help you become a better person, then you will want this in your life no matter what. And that's where your business has to like your business, your brand has to make that clear. And if you don't, then I mean ultimately that's where like with Titan and Tone your sales audits, I would say you know, oh, you have a lot of interest, but not enough sales. So it's possible that you don't know how you are of use to this person with your signature service. 100%. Yeah. So we're getting into a somewhat philosophical zone here. (laughs) No, this is getting deep. This is great. I like it. So if people are primarily self-centered or selfish, whichever word you prefer, and we look for ourselves in a picture first. We choose our friends based on what they can do for us. That sounds very awful. You know what I mean? It it doesn't make us as humans look great. But if you look at it from the flipped side of view, right? So I think most of us have heard at this point that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So If you're choosing your friends, those people that you'll be spending the time with, based on their ability to help you and make you better, then it's actually not selfish to choose friends that way because you're actually trying to become a better person for the rest of the world, starting the ripple effect, yada, yada, yada. And it's actually more on the altruistic side. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree with you there too. These people are mirroring back to you what you want to become, and you do the same thing to them. And so, yeah, absolutely. Once you realize that, it definitely sounds a lot better. (laughs) It's all how you frame it, which, you know, most things branding are. (laughs) True. Very true. So I'd love to hear one quick example from you of how you have put this process into place for your own business. Not so much the being self-centered part of it, (laughs) but like the putting people and their interests ahead of your own, letting them talk more than you would talk and how that worked out in a good way for your business. Mm, Yeah. In general, I would definitely say where it's actually helps my business more because they're more willing to have me come in front of their audience. Like as soon as this year, 2020, it's going to be a big year of collaborations for me. That's what my, my business goal is where it's like, okay, I've cultivated an audience. I've built a message and now I'm ready to start talking about it to other audiences, other tribes, essentially. But just like 
any newbie in a tribe, you need to know who like the gatekeepers are. And so having it where I've been able to build this, I don't know, like I teach sales, but it's totally a, Hey, this is super chill. Like if you want it, you want it. And if you don't want it, you don't want it. That's fine. I'm going to still keep going this detachment from a need that like everyone has to buy from me. It's actually been really helpful for me to make genuine connections with other people that I would say are genuine, where we do care about each other's success. We do care about each other's audiences and like how we can help each other versus where it's just like, well, okay, I do these collaborations and like, it's all for me kind of thing. You should be so blessed that I'm here (laughs) kind of deal. It's honestly been where it's like having that mentality has really helped me begin the process of ramping my business and ramping it up in a way that it doesn't feel as though there's a shift in the waters. Yeah, that metaphor somehow worked in my head. As most of them do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For me, at least. My goodness. I think that we've gotten some really great information here. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you'd like to tell us? Yeah. So if any of you would like your own Titan and Tone Your Sales audit, I would love to hear from you. If you want to hop on Instagram, you can find me at the Ann Bello, T-H-E-A-N-N-B-E-L-L-O-W. If you want to find me there, just send me a message and let me know that you want your own TNT, your sales audit. And I'd love to help you tighten and tone your sales. Awesome. Well, thanks, Anne, so much for being here. And I will include a link to all of that information in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. All right. Thanks again to Anne for coming on to the No Like and Trust show. Just as I enjoyed our previous talks in the past, I so enjoyed our chat on the show today, and I'm so glad I was able to share a little of that with our audience. I think it's a perfect example of starting and creating those genuine connections in our online world. Next week's episode is all about why your business isn't a thing yet. Talk to you then. If you are looking to find out more about me, you can find me on my website, brittanygardner.com or on Instagram at I am Brittany Gardner.